this eighth session on Ephesians 1, 11 to 14, there's a burning question that has been lingering. Let me try to uh, show it to you just reading the last couple of verses here in 13 and 14. In him that is in Christ, you also, having heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and having believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, unto the redemption of the possession, to the praise of his glory. Now, how does this salvation, the glories of everything from verse 3 to 11 that we're looking at, how does it become yours? We've already seen that the, the mystery is that the Gentiles are included with the Jews in the great salvation. All the nations, all the ethnicities, all the races, all the families of the peoples are included. It can become yours. And my question is, how? So, Father, as I probe this most urgent of questions as to how any of us who hears would wonder, how do I possess all of these things? Or those of us who want others to possess them with us, how do we evangelize? How do we witness? What do we do in order that this might come to pass? I pray for your help now in grasping these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me be, let me be specific. How, how do all the possessions, let's just rehearse them. He blessed us. I'm going back to the beginning. He blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. He chose us in him. He predestined us for adoption to himself. He has blessed us with great grace. We have redemption through his blood. We have forgiveness of sins. He lavished upon us wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery. We have obtained an inheritance being predestined. All of that belongs to whom? Well, it belongs to the elect. He chose us. It belongs to the predestined. He predestined us. So, how is it offered to all? And how does anyone receive it? Now, let's avoid a huge mistake here by looking at this passage in chapter 2 of Ephesians. You, so that's the, that's the elect Gentile Christians chosen by God before the foundation of the world. You were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world. You were following the course of the world. You were following the prince of the power of the air. I should say we, we were the spirit that is now at work in the, you were sons of disobedience. We were sons of disobedience among whom we all once, we all 
Jews and Gentiles were sons of disobedience and lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, sons of disobedience, dead in trespasses. That's describing the elect of God, the predestined of God. So, huge mistake to avoid. When we evangelize, when we share the gospel and try to bring other people into the faith, we don't look for good people. We look for dead people, sons of disobedience, children of wrath. Is that clear? I just want so much that we don't draw the wrong, crazy, unbiblical conclusion from the glorious doctrine of election before the foundation of the world or predestination unto adoption of sons. There's so many people that take hold of these doctrines and either to mock them or distort them, draw out illogical conclusions that they call logical and thus become unbiblical. So it's crystal clear that the you here is the you of verses 3 to 14 of chapter 1, and they are the elect. They're now Christians, and so now Paul is treating them as the elect and the predestined. He didn't know that. So the question is, how do you evangelize? What, what, do, you, what do you say? Paul's answer is this. To me, this is chapter 3, verse 8, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles. So this is, this is indiscriminate, discriminate preaching. He doesn't go around sniffing out the elect, looking for a certain trait. There are no traits. They're dead. <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. So he's preaching to the elect. I mean, he's preaching to the Gentiles, everybody. And what he's preaching is Christ, the unsearchable riches of Christ. He walks into a crowd and he starts describing the unsearchable riches of Christ and all that Christ has done. Or more simply, instead of saying riches, here he is in Galatians 1.16. God was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him. Preach Christ. And that means talk about Ephesians 1, 3 to 14, right? I mean, the in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, nine times in those verses. That's what Christ was doing from before the foundation of the world. People need to know the whole counsel of God. They need to know the riches of Christ. So that's what you do. You walk into a crowd. You have no idea who the elect are. Only God does. And you preach Christ. And what happens? Well, They've got to hear the gospel, right? They, they, nobody gets saved without hearing the gospel. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Or as First Peter says, 
You have been born again. That's got to happen. How does it happen? Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. And then in verse 25, that's defined word of God. And this word is the good news, the gospel that was preached to you. So you preach the gospel so they can hear it. And according to what we saw here, the gospel of your salvation, you have heard and you have believed. In him, you also having heard. So Paul preaches Christ. And having believed, we're sealed. We're going to go to sealed next time. But for now, ponder this. When the gospel is preached, how do people come to faith? How is the preaching of the gospel connected with election? We don't make the connection because we don't know who the elect are. Here's the, here's the connection that Luke describes for us in Acts 13. So Paul is preaching and he says, The Lord has commanded us, saying, and he quotes the Old Testament, I have made you a light for the Gentiles. Now, this is incredibly good news for non-Jews, all the peoples of the world, every ethnicity. A light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, here's what happens. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life, believed. The elect believe. That's how you know who the elect are. They believe. Otherwise, they wouldn't believe. God sees to it that his chosen ones believe. Here's the way Jesus put it in John 10. You do not believe, he's saying to the Pharisees, you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, my elect, my predestined. My sheep are marked by this. They hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. And I give them eternal life. They'll never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. The mark of the sheep is they know the voice of the shepherd. That's serious, isn't it? A spiritual work is done by God, the Spirit, and he enables the elect to hear the voice of Jesus and know, they know he is the master. So, Answer to the question, how does all of this blessing in verses 3 through 11 or 14, how does it become your salvation? Answer, you hear and you believe. Because believing is receiving Christ. And when you have Christ, 
you have every blessing in him described in Ephesians 1, 3 through 14.